Thank you for downloading and or streaming the newest episode of Recasted 2.0. I'm Wayne G, joined always by Jesse. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, we, we played a joke on you last time, folks. You didn't think I was going to be here, but uh, here I am. What do you think of these new digs? We are actually recording from the Concord Hotel. What do you think? I can see Wayne's face from where I'm sitting, guys, and I still has a face for radio. But yeah, this office that we are in is divine. We can see, you know, the cityscape of Concord. And uh, again, we are able to see each other. So it's very nice to be able to do this. Probably about two years ago before COVID started, we were actually uh, recording across from each other at a kitchen table. So we are certainly glowing up. Absolutely. And the Concord Hotel is great, or I think it's the Hotel Concord but they have a little office space in here. It's a co-working space where you can rent office spaces, conference rooms by the hour. That's what we're in right now. You can also rent a small office or a large office by the day. So it's really cool if you have a business, you need to get out of the house, need to do some work, have a conference meeting with some fellow workers. This is a really great place and they work with you on the pricing, whatever works for you. These guys are super, super cool. And I encourage you to come down and at least take a tour, but I know you'll be loving it as much as we are. Absolutely. Right here on Main Street is the most poppin' hotel we've had in quite some time. So come down and check it out during the summer. Again, it's the Hotel Concord here on Main Street. If you're new to the show, thank you for listening. What we do is we take movies that are at least 20 years old and we recast them today with modern actors and actresses. After that's done, we give you, the listener, a chance to vote on which cast that you like better. Absolutely. I wish we knew how many movies we've done so far, Wayne. I feel like we're at like 25 or 26 now. Well, if you had asked that question before we started recording, I could have looked it up, but I guess we'll find out afterwards. Suspense. Today, we're going to recast the 1982 classic comedy Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Before we get into that, though, please be sure to make sure you're following us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Recasted Podcast 8, even though we don't really use that. So follow us if you want, but we're probably not going to interact with you there. Twitter and Facebook, we're at Recasted Podcast. And also we have a public group on Facebook called All Things Movies that you can join. You can post anything about movies, TV shows, whatever you like. If it's pop culture, join and start sharing. While you do listen to our recasting episodes, you will note that we also have started review episodes recently and we review the movies that we recast prior to recasting them. Please go ahead and check out our review of Fast Times at Richmond High and any other episode that we've done that you may enjoy. I agree. I think that saves us a little bit of time here today. We got enough stuff to get through, but it saves us a little bit of time in terms of like, what do you think of the movie? How did you rate it? We can do a whole episode on that. People can check it out. We actually did do a whole episode on that. Uh, so far we have, and I like this too. I like that we're doing movies that you haven't seen or that I haven't seen in a really long time. Uh, it's been refreshing for sure. Now it has been a good long minute since our last recast, as you mentioned. Do you remember what our last movie was? Uh, I mean, Caddyshack, Reservoir Dogs. It was. It was Reservoir Dogs with Scott and Frankie from Shoot the Flick. It feels like light years ago, but I do have in my hands the results of the voting. Oh, no. Don't do it, Wayne. I got 28 votes for my cast. Scott got nine. Frankie got seven. Jesse, you got four. So, again, I ran away with it. Nobody else had double digits, and I had almost 30. Yeah, well, four is my favorite number. I'm I'm darn sick of losing, whether it be to uh, my normal nemesis or to our recurring foes. It's been a rough time recently for me, guys. So if you could just even throw me a sympathy vote for Fast Times, that'd be fantastic. But I've been struggling while Wayne has certainly been running away with it recently. So I don't know what potion he's gotten into, but I'm going to have to start dipping into his pool of actors and actresses, it seems. Well, there was some contentiousness, I think, last episode because I had nothing but Academy Award winners in my cast. And everybody was like, OK, so you've got a trillion dollar budget and we're trying to work with a regular budget here. 
Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a role reversal. It was Freaky Friday of sorts, where I started out playing with all the money in the world, and then I was like, you know what, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come in with a bit more of an artistic Wayne approach. And Wayne's like, you know what, buddy, screw it, open up the wallet, give me these wins. Well, we do like to thank everybody who voted. So thank you to our Facebook friends for voting. We don't call you out by name. That is only for our Twitter friends or Twitter followers who vote. So I do have quite a list here. This is Jesse's favorite part because he gets a chance to kind of breathe and get a drink if he wants. These are a list of the people who voted on Twitter. Thank you so much. Trayvon Surgeon, Film Buds Podcast, your next favorite movie. These films are The Juice with Stephen Doyle, Movies Work Podcast, Cinema Deacon, Mashley at the Movies, So What Happens Next Podcast, Movies Endorser, It Takes Two Podcast, Vintage Video, X Video X, Cinema Recall, Super Retro Throwback, Straight to DVD, The Movie Chef Podcast, Casting Views, Billing Space, Game for a Movie Podcast, Stew World Order, Film Shake, a 90s podcast. There is a Better One podcast. Kelly Madden, Not a Strong Start podcast. Defending Your Movie podcast. The Movie Badger. Movie Drone. Two Weeks in Film. Critically Optimistic. Geeksploration. Lane Flicks Media. Beefy Boys podcast. Matthew J.S. Oliver. Pete from Middle Class Film Class. ROTR, a Rock in LOL podcast. At Nerd Rover. At Robert19203. At FFP83. At Brian L, Mikey One Minute, TA2 Squid Podcast. Thank you all for the votes, love, and support. Greatly appreciate you guys. Absolutely. It's a growing list every week, Wayne. I love to hear those names. And, you know, beyond thanking them, which we do every time we, we record, I want to thank our guests, you know, Scott and Frankie, and those other shows who have, who have joined us to record awesome episodes. Thank you so much. We do have a special shout out section for some of our friends in the podcast universe. We will start with our guest from last week, and that is Shoot the Flick. This is a husband and wife who watches movies that one of them recommends, and they review the film together. They most recently did Guardians of the Galaxy and My Girl. Yeah, you know, one of them's definitely uh, debuting Marvel from start to finish. That's uh, Scott's giving Frankie a taste from the very beginning of Marvel. And uh, Frankie likes to, you know, bring in a little bit more of a tearjerker or a chick flick or an artsy film to Scott. So it's definitely a fun show to listen to them bring new ideas and films to each other. And we get to hear their thoughts live and in color. Our friends across the pond, Field of Screens. They haven't done a movie review since March 13th. I know they're extremely busy. There's stuff going on with jobs and whatnot. But I really love listening to those guys break down sports movies. So if you're a sports movie fan, check out Field of Screens. They're great. They're one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely love, you know, Dave and James, you know, hopefully we see something new from them. We know that we ourselves have gone through a bit of a hiatus, so we know it definitely happens, but we want them to know that we crave more episodes from them. So send it over as soon as you can, guys. When Harry met movies, Mark introduces his son, Harry, to movies that he watched growing up, and then the two of them discuss the film and draw questions out of a bowl and answer them. Their most recent episode is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, prior to that, they actually did Willow, uh, Wayne, and it's not something that I had seen prior to seeing their episode on it. So I, I went ahead and did watch it, listened to their episode, and saw that there's a, a new or a reprised Willow that seems to be coming out with the same actor. So it was a new movie for me, an introduction for me, and I always love the concept of this podcast, the introducing of a child to uh, films that you know you grew up loving and seeing what their take on it is. I grew up, I loved the movie Willow. I saw it when it first came out in the theater and I watched it several times since then. And for me, watching it as an adult, it was different than watching it as a kid. As a kid, it was really cool and fantastical. But as an adult, I watched it and I thought to myself, my God, how good is Val Kilmer as Mad Mardigan? Yeah, I mean, I, I 
you know, watching it, it, it definitely was a bit rough and um, it was uh, tough to, to get through, to be honest with you, because I had seen Hobbit, I'd seen Lord of the Rings, I'd seen Game of Thrones and those things were those kinds of worlds at a much higher uh, definition. So seeing Willow, it was uh, definitely an older flick. So I'm excited to see what they do with this reprised version of it. But again, When Harry Met Movies is a fun show. Three films and a podcast. Both of us have been a guest on there. I recast Batman I think the one with George Clooney, is that Batman Forever or Batman? Uh, it's the Batman we want to forget. Batman and Robin, I think. It is. So I think it's Batman and Robin. We recast that one. And I'm not going to, you know, whatever. I know I had the most votes of anybody because we kept track of the votes. And again, similar to this vote, I had like triple the next closest guy. So I think I know what I'm doing. Yeah, that movie was, was so bad that it actually killed the idea of Robin. We haven't seen Robin since that movie. Well, you went on their show and you did a Marvel draft, right? I did. I did an auction draft. They had a, a bit of a bracket style um, with our results. I was not as victorious as my friend Wayne, but I had so much fun being on their show and being able to do an auction style fancy draft, which is something I'm super familiar with. And with the theme being Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, also a passion of mine. So it was incredibly fun to be on like a Brady Bunch style format and do a draft with those guys. So I hope to be doing uh, another one again in the future. Well, their most recent episode is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I haven't seen that yet. I've not, but I've heard great things about it. I, I have heard it's uh, it's multiverse-ish. So this woman is able to kind of flip through uh, multiple universes, but it's definitely gained a ton of popularity and it's something that's on my queue to watch along with, uh, I'm afraid to say, uh, The Batman. Uh, I've not yet seen it yet. It's good. And it will... Uh, we won't talk. We talked about it a little bit. We touched on it. I really, really enjoyed The Batman. And maybe I had some bias going into it because I said I felt like you know, Edward could be my uh, favorite Batman of all time. Edward, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he was so good. He was really, really good. I'm really looking forward to a sequel to that movie. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give you my thoughts and our fans of thoughts once I do actually take the time to watch it. Our friends over at Movie Wars, these guys take two movies that are similar to each other. They put them up against each other, and then they have a scorecard. And the scorecard starts off with your classic categories, director, top build cast. But then they have bro categories, like whose muscles got sweatier and things like that. And it's usually fun to listen to them. Yeah, these guys have great chemistry, the three of them. They have a different upbringing, all three of them do. So it's great to hear their thoughts and their ideologies and, you know, their passions when it comes to cinema. And they definitely have a passion for, you know, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So that's where the, the sweat category comes from, from my, my friend Wayne over there. Their most recent episode is American Beauty versus One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I've seen American Beauty a couple of times. It's okay. It's, it's very artsy. And... One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest I've seen once. It's not a rewatch for me. Uh, American Beauty, uh, clarify for me, that's the uh, the Spacey film? Kevin Spacey gets fired from his advertising job, and then he's got the hots for Mena Suvari. The neighbor? It's his daughter's friend. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of Spacey in real life? Well, no, it would be his daughter's guy friend who was Spacey in real life. Oh, okay. Uh. We also have These Films Are the Juice, which is our friend Stephen Doyle. He was a co-host for a little bit. His most recent episode was Al Pacino versus Robert De Niro. That's got to be a heavyweight matchup. Oh, my goodness. I'd say, I mean, both resumes are so heavily stacked. And, I mean, what a time to, de you know, to do an episode about mobsters and people who have great cinema you know, history when you know, they just lost a brethren in Ray Liotta recently. That's all I have for our special shout-outs. There are a few people who haven't been voting recently, so we'll give them a minor special shout-out. So listen up, guys. Best film ever. 
I understand the last couple movies we've done, you said, oh, I haven't seen that yet. Start watching these films, guys. You got to vote. Sequel pitch is another one, and quantum recast. Let's go, guys. Come on. Guess start voting. Yeah, we love you. You guys need to love us. And before we get into our actual recast, I wanted to ask Jesse if he has watched anything in the month or so since we recorded that he wanted to talk about. Uh, there's a plethora of things that I've watched, but I'm, I'm just going to narrow down to probably the two most recent things and two things that I'm, I'm wondering if you've also been a fan of uh, Obi-Wan. I am uh, a couple episodes in and really enjoying it. I know there's two more episodes out that I need to catch up on, and I will do that later on today. But definitely enjoying that new Disney Star Wars limited series that we're having, and it seems like it's already gained enough traction to get a season two. And that's basically the continuation of episode one, two, and three, the trilogy that gets poo-pooed on the most. Beyond Obi-Wan, I've also uh, started uh, this last week for the first time, Stranger Things. I'm very late to the party, but I'm about seven episodes in, very much enjoying it and doing my best to block spoilers from uh, seasons two, three, and four. Yeah, I will say that I haven't seen Obi-Wan yet. I did watch The Mandalorian, and I love that. I did not watch The Book of Boba Fett. Didn't really do anything for me. What I liked about Obi-Wan is that we get to see Darth Vader, apparently, and he's my all-time favorite movie character in any movie. So the idea to see him again, I'd be excited for that. Other TV shows, Stranger Things, you mentioned. I watched all of season four now, and there's two episodes remaining that come out in July. They're going to be like two-hour episodes. So we're looking forward to that. Me and my daughter are watching it. And I finished Ozark, so Ozark's over with now. And... Didn't really love the ending, but I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. Wayne, uh, as we all know, is a huge fan of when shows um, release a few episodes and then make him wait for the rest of the episodes. I hate waiting so much. I so, so, so much hate waiting. And it's one thing if it's on, you know, a regular TV station, ABC, CBS, whatever. You're coming out once a week. That's on me because I started watching it. And But when you are on Netflix and you're releasing 10 episodes, but then holding back the last two, that's stupid. Wayne is the type of guy that he would literally get so passionate about a show or, or a limited series that he will buy the remaining episodes from you so that he can watch them sooner and not have to wait. Well, what I'm completely hooked on is called The Offer, and it's all about the making of The Godfather. And I think I told Jesse about this off the air, but I hated The Godfather. I've made it very clear on the show as well. I, I didn't like it. I watched all three of them just because I feel like as a movie guy, I had to watch them. I did not like a single one of them. This show, The Offer, which has Miles Teller trying to produce the movie, is fantastic it's so good and what a story it is it's crazy i mean there's mafias involved all kinds of bananas and other stuff that i've seen i watched top gun maverick and let me just say i'm a top gun fan i'm a tom cruise fan i think i've made that very clear and I love this movie so much. It is more intense than the first one. The, the fighter scenes are incredible. I was going to ask you how it stood up to the original. I mean, what, most sequels in my thinking don't ever live up to the sequel or don't ever live up to the fact that they were even made. I mean, you do think, oh, just leave the original alone. Let that one live in its lore. Did this one really deserve the, the fact that it was made? It's good. It's a really good one. I'm not going to put it on the same level as the original. I think that Val Kilmer as Iceman was a fantastic antagonist. Um, there's more of a story to the first one. There's less of a story, more action in this one, which you get in sequels. But like I said, the action's unbelievable. It's you have to see it in IMAX because it's unbelievable. I was going to ask you, just last episode, we actually spoke about how uh, less often it is that you bring yourself to the movie theater. Did Top Gun Maverick bring you to the movie theater, Wayne? No, I streamed it quasi-legally on my television. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and something that 
I saw in the theater, I don't think we discussed it because it's been a while, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Did you get a chance to get, get out and see it? I've not seen it yet, but you know what? In this day and age, you wait about six weeks and those babies are on the streaming services. So it's about any day now I'm going to be able to stream that on Disney Plus and then I'll be able to give you my my full scope, my full thoughts. I mean, unfortunately, because I am such a Marvel fan and I follow so many pages on social media, it is dang near impossible for me to miss any type of Marvel spoiler. So I feel like I've had a lot spoiled for me so i just have to know that that's on me for waiting so long well i'll never spoil it and you guys know listening that we'll never spoil anything for you when it comes to new stuff we are going to spoil the crap out of this movie oh we already did actually so now we're just going to recast it are you ready to recast fast times oh you mean recast this sacrilegious film how could you do that wayne well we're going to so let's do it Today we are recasting the 1982 comedy Fast Times at Ridgemont High. We will not tell you what we thought of this movie or give it a rating. As I mentioned, we already did that. Go and listen to that episode if that's what you want to do. So we're just going to recast this one. We have eight roles that we need to recast. And we're going to start things off. I don't know if you want to start off. You want me to start off. But we're going to start off with Jefferson. I'd love to start off. Well, when are those Earth, Wind, and Fire tickets coming in? Earth, Wind, and Fire? Jeez, uh, I haven't heard anything, but... The minute I do, I'll let you know. So, you know, I'm planning on taking my little brother over here. For, for Jefferson, what we had here was uh, Forrest Whitaker in the original representation. And he was a, a much larger individual than everybody else we get introduced to in the movie, adult or student. And he is a very intimidating and imposing figure, someone who you can see is a star of their football team, someone who looks very college-bound. And so for this, I went with someone that I've got to tip my hat to my daughter, Chloe, on. It's not someone I would have known unless I've gotten stuck watching a lot of Grownish with her. And the person I chose to represent Jefferson is Trevor Jackson. He's a high school looking, college bound young man. He looks to me like a, a younger Rampage Jackson, um, even though they share the same last name, they are not related. But he's definitely a, a larger figure than everybody else that I've casted. He looks like he could put on a football uniform and provide all of the hits that we saw Forrest Whitaker do. And again, I think that he provides me that high school, college age demographic that I needed coming into Fast Times. Yeah, my notes on Jefferson is that there's not a ton of dialogue from him. He just needs to be big and intimidating. He's a football player. And it's hard for me to say that I don't like your pick, Jesse, because I picked Trevor Jackson. He is 25 years old. He's six foot two. And like you said, he looks young enough to be in high school or ish. And I think that he's perfect. I think he's a perfect pick. So I applaud the pick. And it's not often that we have the same ones, but we did here. So it's tough because I like to poo-poo your picks. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll give you plenty of opportunity. But I think at least here to start off the episode, we're going to be holding hands. Well, that brings us to our next character, which is Mike Damone. Look, what do I say to her once we get in the car? It's no problem, Red. What you need is my special five-point plan. Come on, Damone, I need real help here. What do you mean? Hey, men have died trying to obtain this valuable information, you know. But I'll give it to you for free. Okay. He was played by Robert Romanus, who prior to this film was in a, a movie called Foxes. I've never seen it or heard of it. 
And he's kind of a douchey, fake, smooth high school kid, thinks he's cooler than he actually is. He actually kind of reminds me of Judd Nelson a little bit from A Breakfast Club, but not as cool. Like Judd Nelson was a little bit cooler than this guy. Absolutely agree. I get that vibe as well. He is the wish.com Judd Nelson. So I ended up going with Ethan Kutkowski on this. He's 22 years old. He plays Carl Gallagher on Shameless. He just has that perfect, I think I'm cool, but I'm actually a loser kind of vibe. Yeah, uh, definitely familiar with Shameless and with Carl Gallagher. And Wayne, we better not have this happen again. But for the second time in a row, we have chosen the same actor. And I just I see a young wheeler and dealer, someone who is a troublemaker, a delinquent and someone who is absolutely a product of his upbringing um, in his house. And I think Ethan Kukowski as Carl Gallagher, you know, perfectly portrays that same demone, you know, character, someone who is sleazy, someone who will uh, wheel and deal, whether it be drugs or concert or movie tickets. And, uh, you know, I applaud you for this, but let's let's take the gloves off now, Wayne. All right. So that is going to be the last one that we have the same. So why don't you kick things off with the first one that we'll have different? Perfect. So I'm going to go ahead with Rat. What do you mean wuss? This girl is my exact type. All right. Where'd you see My biology class. Did you get a number? No. Did you get a name? No, no, it's too soon. What a name. For my choice here, I chose a young actor, again, who's going to provide me that high school look. And he plays that high school age in the very popular show Euphoria. He plays Ethan on that show. And this actor is also known as Ron Anderson from The Walking Dead. And that is Austin Abrams. In the show uh, Euphoria, he flirts and gets very obsessed with a female student who distances herself from him. And they have a very typical high school relationship. And with Austin Abrams, I'm going to be very superficial here, but I see the same type of pointy nose and that type of not so popular kid. Austin Abrams, again, from The Walking Dead and Euphoria is who I picked for rat. So I was trying to figure out who he was in The Walking Dead because I've watched every episode now. I couldn't quite place him. And looking at him, to me, he looks more like a Damone type. He's got like kind of almost like that douchey look to him. He doesn't look like more of the innocent Mark type. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, while, while I see what you're saying, I just, and I know that we just got done poo-pooing on Damone, I, I don't think that Austin Abrams give, gives off as cool of a vibe. I still think he's a little, little nerdy and a little, I don't think he'd be in the same crowd. I think that Austin Abrams would still need someone like a Damone to give him confidence boost and, you know, a five-step plan to get with chicks. Now, my notes on Mark Ratner, a.k.a. Rat, obviously shy, nerdy type, not very aggressive. I was thinking like a young Ben Stiller. And even so much, we called this movie in our review, we said it's our parents' American pie. Jason Biggs, I think, would be so good at this if he wasn't 50 years old. I mean, back younger Jason Biggs would be good at this. And I ended up going with Joshua Bassett, who is 21 years old. He is Ricky in High School Musical, the TV show. He's Anthony in Better Nate than Never. Aiden Peters in Stuck in the Middle. So a bit of a wholesome background in terms of his filmography, but he looks and acts the part of an awkward teen really well. Yeah, you know, Joshua is definitely a a Disney kid. You know, came up from Disney, um, made his biggest footprint in uh, the high school musical. And I definitely love this pick from you, Wayne. I think that if Josh and Mike Ratner were in school together, they would both, you know, be first in line at the theater club, making sure that they were there doing weird and wonky stuff and not be in the in crowd or the cool crowd. So 
even though we just kind of agreed on picks and we we're like, oh, let's start taking the gloves off. Um, I, I do really like your Joshua Bassett pick. I think that, you know, I definitely see that he has theater in his background. And, you know, with Disney, you got to be a very versatile actor, you know, be able to do some song and dance. And so I think that he's a great pick for you. Excellent. And now I get to go with Linda. You've never given a blowjob? Never? Stace, there's nothing to it. It's so easy. Played by Phoebe Cates, who is 19 years old, and holy moly, Phoebe Cates. I mean, before Gremlins, before Drop Dead Fred, this movie made her every guy's fantasy. I definitely, I can't even fault Brad for what he was doing in the bathroom. Absolutely, yeah, you just gotta lock the door, my man. <laughs> so, looking at her, I said, you know, she's gotta be hot, well-built, sexy, you know, even topless or topped. You know, Linda was very sexy throughout the film. She had that kind of sexiness about her. And so I needed someone that you wouldn't be able to stop thinking about if you were a high school kid or a senior or whatever, or even if you're not a senior or whatever, you're a regular guy who saw her in this film. I went with Bella Thorne. She's 24 years old. She's most famous for the show Shake It Up. Recently, she's taking on more provocative roles like The Babysitter. She recently directed a adult film with Abella Danger. She got an award for that. She's been very upfront and outspoken about women's power and sexuality and not being embarrassed to, to show that sexuality. And I thought, well, what says Linda more than that? Plus, Bella Thorne, bit of a smoke show. Definitely. I think Bella Thorne is a very sexy name as well. Kind of reminds me of like a, a lingerie brand name. And Bella Thorne herself reminds me of like a, a Maude Lebowski kind of personified, you know, powerful, red hair, sexy. And I want to hate your picks, Wayne, but this is my favorite pick that you've made in a while. I think that Bella Thorne, with her ties to, to Pornhub and Bella Danger, who, if I'm not mistaken, you have cast in the past, so the fact that she's got those links, um, the fact that she is just a smoke show, I think that she is the perfect kind of young female sex symbol to have in this coming of age tale like this. And I think that she would make the same uh, jaws and probably drawers drop the way that Phoebe Cates did. So really love your pick. For mine, I actually have Joey King. So uh, as you love, I'm dipping back into my kissing booth pool. She um, was the star of that, along with you know the gentleman I've cast in the past. Um, but she's also been nominated for uh, some awards for the drama series The Act, in which she did a wonderful job playing a daughter who was manipulated by her mother. She plays a uh, pretty attractive villain on DC's The Flash. And uh, now she's definitely finding herself in larger roles and in better company now that she's on uh, the Bullet Train movie with Brad Pitt. That's his newest project. I find her to be a very pretty brunette and uh, a little bit of a fun caveat. While I was looking through her filmography, I saw in TV that she was in uh, Survivor. And I was like, were you? And it said that she was in the reunion episode. She actually was a 13-year-old and asked a question to the cast as a 13-year-old. And now she's an actress becoming in relatively larger films um, and TV shows. So Joey King, not as... Um, kind of sexy as the name Bella Thorne or uh, not as well known, but I think a young brunette actress that I would like to see kind of step into a larger role. So a similar experience to when you watch Inside the Actor's Studio, they have the actor come on and then the students get to ask questions to the actor. And I think of the episode they had Robert De Niro on and one of the students raised his hand and it was a really young Bradley Cooper at the actor studio asking the question. Yeah, I mean, and I just think it made it extra neat because my mom and I share a passion for Survivor. And so I was like, whoa, wait, she was like a cast member on Survivor? And no, she was just a young girl that Jeff Probst, you know, pulled over to ask a question. And now here she is starring in pretty big films. 
the notes I had on the pick is I put kissing booth in all capital letters because it's like the fourth or fifth uh, kissing booth dip. And I mean, check it out. (laughs) I think she's actually a really good actress. I, I don't hate this pick at all. I think that she's actually the kind of person who could end up winning Academy Awards down the road. She's very good at what she does. My only knock on the pick, because she's attractive, but she's not smoke show. She seems more like a Stacy to me. I think anybody that I provided was not going to compare to the tall glass of mmm in Bella Thorne. So uh, it's hard for me to bring somebody that's going to shine like she does. And uh, I do appreciate that you know you said Joey King is going to be a, a, a very nice actor going forward i just i agree i don't think that she brings the same sex appeal as bella thorne there was no comparing to what you brought to the table and then you get to lead it off with a guy who was in what your or actually your favorite christmas movie of all time right uh okay uh, i believe you have to fill out a form for that uh no i'd like my money back now i'm sorry it doesn't work that way you see i have to fill out a form and well you ate most of it already so Absolutely. Yeah. The Santa Claus is my favorite Christmas movie. And um, in all those movies, we get to see a little sprinkling of Judge Reinhold. And, you know, that not only is that my most common, you know, knowledge for Judge Reinhold, but that's the first thing I've seen him in. And I know those weird sweaters. So going back and seeing him here in the Fast Times movie, it was odd. But, you know, from him, I saw a guy that, you know, works harder than, you know, maybe he should. But I mean, I think that's typical senior behavior. Um, He's not having as much fun as he'd like whether it be in his relationship or out of work. We definitely see him have some employment issues, but he's the oldest of the gang. He loves his car, and he's definitely got a bit of popularity at school. For my pick here, I went with Jace Norman. Kind of like the the, the Disney uh, pool, I went with a guy from the Nickelodeon pool, and he was Henry Danger for about seven years, who is a superhero sidekick, someone who kind of exudes cool um, as far as that Nickelodeon demographic. And I think now that he's of the right age, I think he would definitely be able to provide that um, with his portrayal here of Brad. And I do think he's got a, a strong chin, and I think Judge Reinhold also presented a strong chin. Yeah, I was surprised when we watched or when we reviewed Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and you mentioned that you hadn't seen any of the Beverly Hills Cop movies. And I thought that's a movie we might end up recasting down the road because it's an 80s movie. It's fun. It's got a lot of action. And if it's the first time seeing it, it's really, really good. As far as the pick, Jace Norman. So when I first saw you sent it over, I knew exactly who he was. Obviously, I have a daughter as well. I've watched Henry Danger. I think that the guy that plays Captain Man is so funny. He's a riot. But I'm watching it. I'm like, I hate this pick. I don't like this pick. And obviously the other stuff he's done in Nickelodeon, like Splitting Adam, Blurt, he did the one where he was like him and the dog switch places or something like that. So I, I, I don't really love what he's done so far. But then I was able to step back and I'd say, you know what? I would like to see him get a shot at something like this because he's not goofy. He's somebody who I think probably could do this but hasn't been given the opportunity. So while I didn't love the pick initially, once I took a step back, took a deep breath, I was like, you know what? It's, it's good. I would like to see him play Brad. It definitely is a, an incredibly limited filmography when you look at it and everything next to it just says Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon. It's just different variations of the same type of show. He's played Henry Danger in probably 11 different spinoffs, but I just thought, you know, I like the look of him. I think um, looking at what he looks like now, he could definitely be flipping burgers and flip out on somebody over, you know, a, a meal and end up getting himself fired. So I, I liked the pick, but I definitely appreciate the, the criticism and the turnaround. Now, my notes on Brad was I said, he I think he's a goody-goody. He's not cool, but he's kind of like on the verge of cool. And he's the guy at work that the boss loves because he's always kissing the boss's rear end. That's just what he struck me as. 
I went with Charlie Depew. He's 26 years old. He was in Past Delight, Famous in Love. He's played Philip Stacy in The Amazing Spider-Man. He has that youthful, kind of clean-cut, borderline handsome, but also borderline kind of nerd look, which is perfect for Brad because he kind of falls right in between. Great smile, really charming. I just think he fits the role of Brad really well. Yeah, I wasn't very familiar with him, to be honest with you. I didn't uh, watch the Amazing Spider-Man movies, so I'm, I wasn't familiar with him from there. But I do watch Why Women Kill with my mom. They had a couple of seasons come out, and he was on there. And I saw he looked more grown up than what you would expect kind of freshmen, sophomores, or juniors to look like. So I, I saw that he looked more grown up and, and ready to kind of take on adult responsibilities. And so I liked that, you know, even though I wasn't super familiar with him, I thought that he looked good there. You know, I didn't know if you knew this, but looking at his filmography, he's coincidentally in a music video with Yorlinda. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so I, I just thought that was pretty cool to have that chemistry there. The fact that he paints his lighthouse to Linda in, in the movie, and uh, you actually have these two having a tie within a, being in a music video together. So I, I don't hate the pick. I think that he definitely ha- provides that grown-up look that you want to have with Brad. Is that the term that you prefer to use, painting the lighthouse? Because there's so many different terms for it. Uh, I, I, I try and use as many different ones as I can to keep people on their feet and to keep them laughing. But yeah, that's probably my, my best one to go to is I paint the lighthouse. Uh, I like interrogating the prisoner. <laughs> and uh, I've also, uh, whenever I refer to it and I'm talking about myself, I always say taking my talents to South Beach. Oh, LeBron. <laughs> And that leaves Stacy, not leaves, but we're still gonna keep going. But we have Stacy, who's arguably the star of this film here. I have this picture of me that I wanted to give to you so that you'll remember to call me over Played by Jennifer Jason Lee, 20 years old. She did a bunch of TV stuff prior to this and then a bunch of movies since, but she reminds me of kind of like that dollar general version of Elizabeth Shue. You know, not quite as pretty or talented, but kind of similar. Probably has a ton of Lifetime movie stuff. You know, she's really good on the Hallmark Network. Yeah, exactly. So I just needed somebody who's, you know, innocent looking, cute, but not sexy, kind of a giggly girl, shy, but also adventurous when the lights are off. And so I went with Lily Rose Depp, who is 23 years old. She's the daughter of Johnny Depp. She's been in a lot. The King, Voyagers, Tusk, Wolf, Silent Night. She's been doing a lot of work, but she hasn't really done anything in a starring role or that's put her into the spotlight. And I think that she's somebody who, if given the opportunity, would be really, really good. Now, she's kind of sexy. She's a little bit on the sexier side, but compared to Bella Thorne, she's not. So she'd easily be the underling there. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've heard the Depp name, Wayne, so, you know, good on you there. And to be honest, I watched The King, um, which was a a movie that she was in recently with Timothy Chalamet and uh, Joel Edgerton, and I thought that she did really well there. I thought that was a really good movie. Um, I was trying to watch more of Timothy Chalamet and saw her. Beyond that, it looks like she does a lot of French stuff. You know, looking at her filmography, she has a lot of French work. She is also an ambassador to Chanel. So, yeah, she's kind of like higher society. Um, but like you said, next to Bella Thorne, she's just she's the, the, uh, the younger sister or the, uh, the not as experienced sexy girl. I do have here in my notes that I think she can definitely play innocent, sweet and inexperienced the way that Stacey did. So I really like the pick. I think that she's definitely pretty. So I, I hate how, how much I like your picks this episode, Wayne, but, you know, honesty is the best policy. From a famous actor's daughter um, with your pick to a famous actress's daughter with my pick, I went with Ava Locklear, who is the daughter of Heather Locklear and Richie Sambora. She looks like a, a younger Kate Hudson to me, and she's done some modeling work. Has a very limited acting credits here, but 
Fast Times, like you'd mentioned, was Jennifer's film debut, so I think that's that's fair. And Ava Locklear, just a very beautiful blonde girl that I think saw her uh, way back when in, I want to say it's This Is 40, it's a Judd Apatow film, but she played a teenager there, and we haven't really seen her since, but I think that she could definitely be able to play this. She's that, that right age demographic and just a really cute girl. Yeah, this is a pick I really like as well. I think you did pretty much the same thing as me I put here. You grabbed a legacy actor and just put them into a role where they could actually get some exposure for the first time and let's see how they do kind of thing. She's done a bunch of work. Like you said, This is 40, which I love because I like Paul Rudd. Good Luck Charlie, A Dark Foe, Mommy Be Mine. She's done a bunch of stuff but hasn't done a leading role yet, so this would be a good experience for her. And I think the only knock I had on her, and it's very, very small, so it's not enough to knock me from not liking it, but the only knock I had is she's equally as sexy as... Joey King. So I'm like, oh, so there's no real, like, who's the alpha girl here? But other than that, I thought it was a good pick. I liked it. Appreciate it. And uh, am I starting off with my friend Mr. Hand here? Mr. Hand, the great Mr. Hand. I'm excited to do this because I'm most excited about who I chose here. Also, there will be no eating. E-A-T-I-N-G. No eating in this class. You get used to doing your own business on your own time. That's one demand I make. Just like you wouldn't want me to come to your house some evening and discuss U.S. history on your time. Understand? Yes, sir. And uh, Mr. Hand, we uh, spoke about in our review episode that between you and I, I think he provided some of his, his dialogue, provided us with the most humor in the film. I know you had mentioned, you know, you didn't get a ton of laughs, but... In the bits that you did, it was provided, you know, from some of his interactions with Spicoli. So for my actor here, I chose Rain Wilson. And if that name doesn't ring enough of a bell for you folks, I chose Dwight Schrute to be my Mr. Hand. And I'd like to point you to uh, the drug testing episode of The Office, where I, I feel like he would play that perfectly. I need someone who is stern at times, overeducated, you know, disconnected from today's youth, while also bringing humor And I think that Rain Wilson could crush this, you know, beyond the office. He played a professor in Transformers. So he's, you know, could easily put on a suit and tie and be giving a lecture and saying people's grades out loud or giving away a student's pizza. But I definitely feel that humor is necessary. And that's why, you know, a current day Rain Wilson, I feel like would crush Mr. Hand. So this is a pick I really didn't like again at first. And even coming into this room here, I really didn't like this pick. I have my notes about why I don't like it. Listening to you talk about it, though, and really trying to picture it, I've softened a little bit. I still don't really like it, but not as much as I I hated it before. I I just think that Rain Wilson always plays kind of a goofy, oddball character. He's not a serious actor to me. And even though I know you said Transformers and whatnot, he was in The Meg, you know, but these are roles that he's still kind of a goofball. I just don't really like him as a role of Mr. Hand, who I think is very, very serious. What made Mr. Hand so funny to me is how serious he was in these not as serious you know, situations. So for me, as much as I like Rain Wilson in what he does, I don't know if he does this well. I think it actually kind of takes the movie in a little bit of a different direction. In all his years on The Office, he didn't just bring comedy. I think that if you watch that entire series, and I know there's a ton of people out there that did, Dwight Schrute showed seriousness. He showed compassion. He certainly showed a ton of silliness, but the man won three consecutive Best Supporting Actor awards not just for being a silly goose but because he really connected with people and was able to show some true versatility in all his time on the office so that's where i'm pulling the most from but i think that now he's you know able to provide us a, a more distinguished older looking 
you know, character portrayal. And I think, you know, he can provide the seriousness necessary, but also be able to provide humor. Well, my notes on the character are that he is tough, stern, he's academic. He has to have comedic timing. Whoever you pick has to have comedic timing because they're not necessarily cracking jokes. But like I said, there's a funniness to how serious they are. And what I think of is that line in uh, Meet the Parents where Robert De Niro goes, I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? You know, it's a serious question, but it's hilarious because of the context that it's in. And who presented that line makes it fun. Exactly. Yeah, it's just super serious guy. So, I, so, but he has comedic timing. So for me, I went with Greg Kinnear. You know, basically it's the same role that he had in the movie Loser with Jason Biggs. Stuck on you, you've got mail, dare God, as good as it gets. If you've seen Greg Kinnear, he always plays a very astutious and kind of well-kept person. I think he'd be great as a high school teacher, but he's done enough comedies to know where to inflect the right amount of sarcasm. So Greg Kinnear, um, in this day and age, is playing presidents. I mean, he recently portrayed JFK and Joe Biden. So he's kind of of that ilk now where he's playing like well-established, like super serious guys. And, uh, you know, you mentioned he's got like a comedic background. Stuck on you is like Dumb and Dumber if Dumb and Dumber was, you know, sold at the Dollar General. It's It was so bad that I don't really see him having, you know, any comedic timing or, or at least enough comedic timing to be able to deliver in one of the funniest movies of the 80s. So this is probably my least favorite of the picks. I think, you know, I read that, you know, he did play a righteous principal in the movie The Gift. And I haven't seen the film that you mentioned with Jason Biggs. I'll certainly check it out. But I just don't see comedic timing from him. I mean, I think his role in As Good As It Gets is probably the most memorable for me. But it's it's not one that I see easily translating to what is needed for the role as Mr. Hand. So probably one of my least favorites that you've provided here today, um, which is okay because I provided you way more praise this episode than you deserve. I think that, again, I don't know if you've seen You've Got Mail with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, but he plays Meg Ryan's uh, boyfriend who she breaks up with before she dates Tom Hanks. And that's kind of a good, I think, meter as well. Is he's he, a writer for the newspaper. He's kind of a serious, a studious guy, but he's also a little bit funny, like he, in a weird way. Like he's not funny in a funny way. He's funny in like a really offset way. Uh, I, I, it's been so long since I've seen the movie that you know I'm, I'm not pulling you know what you're you're trying to convey right now. But I'll definitely look into it. Now I get to finish things off with Jeff Spicoli, played by Sean Penn, 22 years old. Sorry I'm late. It's just like this new schedule is totally confusing. And I know that, dude. He had done some TV stuff prior to this, and he was in the movie Taps with Tom Cruise before he was in this film. What I have for my notes on him is, you know, he plays that stoner surfer guy so well, just kind of clueless and dopey, which makes him funny. Never really has a clue what's going on. Just kind of an earhead. And I went with Nolan Gold here. He's 22 years old. He's most famous for his role in Modern Family. He plays Luke Dunphy. Uh, he already kind of plays that dim-witted, funny kind of guy who strikes me as a bit of a stoner, even if he isn't. He's just kind of a, a dumb, funny guy. So he's also in Friends with Benefits, the to-do list. Uh, overall, I think he has the right look, the right age, uh, the right personality. I don't think he needs long hair, so I didn't really go with an exact carbon copy. But I think that as he was the last season of Modern Family, I think that's the perfect Jess Bacalli. Yeah, so when you sent this to me, I wasn't super familiar. I had to do my research, and you know, it sparked a conversation between my mom and I, and we both firmly agree that you have no idea kind of what a stoner is. I think you just think they check one box, that box is dumb or dim-witted, because you need, Nolan just does not check enough boxes for me. You know, whether it be surfer vibes or stoner vibes, 
I get neither from him. If you look at him now, he went from nerdy and, you know, certainly dim-witted like his father on Modern Family to having a bit of a glow-up. I feel like this guy could be in like a, a Peter Parker, Tom Holland type situation where he could, you know, certainly be uh, more um, physically, I guess, able. Um, but he, he's not um, as stoner. I mean, I, I don't get lazy. I don't get hazy. I don't get, like, like I said, I mentioned uh, a comparison between Spicoli and the big Lebowski, his Deuterino. And I think that he's got like a freeing, deep nature about him, a popularity. And I just don't see any of that being exuded from Nolan Gold. So I hate to end off the episode with, you know, not liking these back-to-back picks to, you know, to end it here. But yeah, between Mr. Hand and Spicoli, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Kinnear or Gould. I don't think that they are fits. And uh, as the resident stoner here, I think that I'm, I'm able to firmly say that Nolan does not fit that stoner vibe at all, and, and it definitely encompasses more than just dumb or dim-witted. For me, who I picked is someone you know, you're know you all going to know, especially if you recently finished the show Ozark. That's Charlie Tahan, and he is known as Wyatt Langmore on Ozark. He has you know that stereotypical long hair, that grungy look, the I don't care attitude, but he's also got a very deep mindset and outlook. He's a, b- a bit of a troubled youth. We see him get into plenty of trouble, and the authorities know him. And I'm sure that would be the case if we got any deeper into fast times at Ridgemont High. We'd know that Spicoli is familiar with the local authorities. So, uh, yeah, my uh, pick here, Charlie Tahan. Uh, again, a lot of you would know him as Wyatt Langmore from Ozark. And, you know, he just he isn't well put together, but I think he's struggling to understand himself or his purpose, just like Jeffrey Spicoli. So I didn't love this pick. I think that everything that I've seen him in, he was in, obviously, you said Ozark, Charlie St. Cloud, Super Dark Times. He always plays kind of a super serious, weird, nerdy kid on the outskirts. There's nothing funny or goofballish about him. Like, I haven't really seen him tackle comedy. And to me, Spicoli is the funniest character in the film. His interactions with Mr. Hand are the funniest scenes in the film. I'm just not sure if Charlie Tehan can pull that off. I think maybe that's why I benefited from providing a more comedic Mr. Hand and maybe a more serious Spicoli. I'm, I'm having them kind of Freaky Friday a little bit, um, where Rain Wilson's going to provide a little bit more of that comedic timing, whereas Charlie Tehan is going to just provide me that, that stoner vibe and look, which I think he's certainly been able to provide. Well, that is our casts. I don't know if you had any almost. I didn't have any almost. I don't know if you had any. I didn't know. I was so intent on providing you a, a cast that would stand up to the beatings I've been taking that I didn't really focus on any extras. I just wanted to provide the best that I could. If you do want to vote on which one of these casts you like better, make sure to visit Twitter. That's where we're going to post these. Facebook, all things movies, not Instagram because I just haven't been using it. But visit the other stuff and cast a vote. Say, hey, this is who I like better. If you have somebody, if you have a whole cast you want to submit, submit it. We'll, we'll give you reviews on your picks. Yeah, we would love to see that. I know when we listen to our friends over at Quantum, uh, Wayne and myself, but mainly Wayne, will send over a bunch of criticism as well as who he thinks should have better played in certain roles. And I know that you know they enjoy seeing that. They enjoy getting that interaction, and we would love to do the same. Send us over what your thoughts are. Anytime we announce that we're doing a movie, people think it's sacrilegious or crazy that we're going to touch that movie or try and update it. If you have those fiery feelings, then let us know what you think or, or how we did. We'd love to be able to you know, get that constructive criticism or that fun feedback. Yeah, for sure. I love the feedback, and I'd love the opportunity to rate your guys' casts or picks. Like Jesse said, I did that with Quantum Recast, and I think the way that I come across to people, I think my first interaction with them, they're probably like, who the hell is this guy? But once you get to know me, it's, you understand. 
Yeah, it's definitely who you are, um, and I don't think you mean it in a mean it in a malicious way at all. You just you have a wonderful movie brain, and you like to share your thoughts. And I think you know it's fun to be able to see that back and forth. Um, and uh, hopefully they, they vote for our movie, and they also interact with us on social media. Now, me and my daughter, we do movie trivia every night before I, she goes to sleep, and she just won a movie trivia contest at school. That's very awesome. Yeah, super cool. So I was like, yeah, what kind of questions did they ask? And then she was telling me the one she got wrong. And I was like, I can't believe you. I'm so disappointed. She won and you still had criticism for her. <laughs> I did. I'm like Bobby Knight. Uh, but uh, other than that, I mean, uh, it was really fun to do this in person. Like you said, we haven't done this in like over a year, like a year and a half since COVID happened. So being able to sit here in person in this nice office, I'm looking forward to doing this on a semi-monthly basis. We're talking about probably twice a month. So you guys don't have to wait so long anymore. Just do a review show and then the recast. And if there's a particular movie that you guys want, let us know. Doesn't necessarily mean we'll do it, but we love watching stuff for the first time. I did have one recommended to me, Wayne. I'm going to pop it over to you now and uh, let you mull it over. Apocalypse Now. Ugh, my God. It's like watching The Godfather. It's a long, boring movie. But we get to recast it and make it more fun, and that is a very nice cast if you look at the original cast. Still have to watch it again. All right, I'm going to mull that one over, and by mull it over, I mean think of reasons not to do it. Yeah, he's going to sit there with a Sharpie and cross it off and say, why don't we do, uh, there's something about Mary. No, no, there's something, a Beverly Hills Cop we could do. I think that'd be fun. RoboCop, which by the way, my wife makes fun of RoboCop and it almost leads to a divorce. I'll tell you that. Oh no. Oh, Becky, I'm sorry to hear. <laughs> so I told her, I love this movie. I saw it in the theater when I was a kid because my parents didn't care what I went and saw. And she was like, I can do an impression of RoboCop. And I said, oh, really? She goes, beep, boop, beep. I'm RoboCop. I said, that's not what he sounds like. And now that's all she does around the house. Wayne slid his ring off his finger slowly and he's like, don't ever do that again. But thank you again for listening. It's been a lot of fun and hopefully you enjoyed the episode and hopefully you come uh, with some votes, get your shout out on the next episode and give us some ideas on the next movie or who you would cast in whatever role. I, I think other shows, do not even other shows, other people will hit us up, at least me I know, will say, hey, who would you cast in this? You know, And I'm like, well, maybe you'll have to listen to an episode first. Yeah, it's definitely fun to get the interaction and, and the ideas. And we hope that this, you know, fun episode just generates more interaction. All right. Well, that's the show. And that's all, folks. What are you people? On dope? That's all, folks.